This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! There's a little different feel in the building. Uh, I think everybody has taken to Coach Guyton. I think everybody's excited for him. Obviously, I think we've got some bumps and bruises healed up a little bit better than what we had before, but it'd be hard to say. I'll know a little bit more, you know, how we adjust to the new offense and things of that nature, or the less offense, I guess would be a better way to say it. Uh, We'll know more about that as the week progresses, I think. That was Sam Pittman yesterday at his weekly Monday press conference. We'll hear from the head Razorback coach a couple of times tomorrow, including Sam Pittman Live which, of course, will be hosted by the voice of the Razorbacks, Chuck Barrett, who joins us here on Halftime on a Tuesday morning. Chuck, how you doing? Doing well. Morning, boys. Chuck. Foot back to football season, Chuck, but you got a really fun basketball game you got to call on Saturday. Um, I really kind of thought if L. Ellis's attempted layup at the buzzer in the second half went down, I for a moment thought that the students might rush the court <laughs> for an exhibition game, too. <laughs> Boy, it had that kind of feel. I mean, it was really a big game. It was a huge game. And you could tell the way the Razorbacks came out that you know they wanted to win this game. It wasn't just about getting regu- uh, ready for the regular season. They wanted to win this game. And I thought Purdue played the same way. Uh, there was intensity in the building, and it was a real basketball game, even though it doesn't count on the record. Chuck, is this is this hype train real? Who who kind of impressed you the most? Was it Tamron Mark? Was it was it L. Ellis? Um, I I don't know who was kind of some, some guys that stood out to you. You know, it was really the the thing that I do like about this group. Just after a, a, a brief viewing, is that they really play as a team. You know, I've been asked that a lot. Who who stood out above the others? I'm not really sure I can say who stood out above all the others. Now, there were players in certain situations that stood out. Chandler Lawson stood out um, because, frankly, he's not one of the guys a lot of people have talked about, just to be real honest. Um, The way Brazil moved stood out to me. Um, The way Tremont Mark was fearless at the end, even though he hadn't made a three yet, even though he'd struggled at the foul line. Just fearless. And um, Al Ellis, a veteran guy who is not afraid to make a play with a ball in his hand and the game on the line. And all these guys, I thought, showed things that make a good team. Who stood out above the rest? I don't know. But I thought it was a good team win. I thought their experience showed down the stretch. And I think that's the thing that probably the immediate takeaway for me is is the best sign because you know, there was a period there from about the th- three and a half four minute mark down to about the one and a half minute mark where it kind of looked like Purdue might win the game you know they were up by three you got a team with an experienced group five starters back six of seven scores back they'd gotten the lead there down the stretch I mean it, it sort of looked like Purdue might find a way to get out of town and you know, then Mark hits the shot, and then they end up in overtime. And 
um, you know, they found a way to win a game. And that's what veteran teams do, particularly on their home floor. So I was encouraged by that. One thing that stood out to me uh, watching it was, and I kind of expected that the guards are, are going to be good because they've been good where they played previously. And it wasn't just one year. It was two years, three years in some cases. You know, these are, these are good college basketball guards because they've done that before. I wondered about the front court a little bit, and especially because, um, you know, uh, Jalen Graham didn't play. I don't know if we expected that he was going to play because of the back. And there are question marks about whether or not, you know, his improvement on the glass and defensively carries over into the regular season. But you wondered about Brazil's knee. Um, like you said, Chandler Lawson was an afterthought when it came to the transfers that came in. Um, and they didn't need Graham. And Lawson played great. We know about Makai Mitchell, and he looked like I remember Makai Mitchell from the last year, just defending around the rim really well. Um, I took away that the front court is is really good, maybe just as good as the back court. Well, I think it's good, and I think they've got some depth there, and I think Lawson provides that. And you know, when Graham comes back, he's going to have to play his way back into the rotation. And I'm not saying he played his way out of it. I'm just saying that when you come back from an injury. You know, you're going to have to play your way back in there. That's just the reality. And, um, you know, they've got some decisions to make there in terms of how their minutes are going to be dispersed. Some of it may be based on who they're playing that night. But they needed all their big guys. You know, they needed all their big guys. And, and Brazil, you know, he, he was asked to play like a big guy when you've got a 7-4 player on the other team. There may be other games where – you know, his, his, his matchup dictates something a little bit different. But, you know, you think about that front line with, you know, Makai and you got Lawson and you got Brazil in there and if Graham comes back, I mean, um, you got some players in there. I'm going to leave people out, I know, but, but, but you've got some players in there. Chuck, I think uh, college basketball is, is pretty strong right now. I think we had a lull right when that one and done happened about 20 years ago where it was kind of a bad product. But I, I think the product is just as strong and deep as it was in the 80s and in the 90s. That that being said, was, was Purdue, are they a, a legitimate team? Is that why the hype train is kind of here is because everybody expects Purdue to be in the Final Four as well? Well, Purdue's a legit team. Whether or not they'll be in the Final Four, I don't know. You know, it's hard to say a team that, as a one seed, lost last year in the first round. Yeah, they're going to the Final Four. I'm sure they're fueled by that. I'm sure they are. Um, they've got good players. And um, I don't know enough about the Big Ten to know, you know, who the real challenges are for them. I know it'll be a tough league like it always is. But, you know, when I look at a player like Edie, for example – perfect for the Big Ten. I mean, perfect for the Big Ten. But I don't know that there aren't three or four teams in the SEC that are athletic enough defensively that they couldn't give him fits uh, in, in much the same way Arkansas did Saturday. Not knocking him, um, but that's a long way of saying I'm not sure about Purdue. I mean, when you get into the – and Arkansas has found this out. When you get into that last group, that group of eight um, – you better be athletic, you better be big, you better be able to shoot, you better be able to rebound, you better be able to guard. You better not have any weak link. You know, Arkansas has had three really good basketball teams, but the team that they lost to in the Elite Eight was decidedly better, and the team that they lost to in the Sweet 16 was decidedly better. Uh, and that's not knocking Arkansas' seasons. I'm just saying that I think they know that you know, they've got to, you know, they've, they've got to take that next step. 
And I think they've got the players to do that. Um, I think when you look at their personnel, and I'm sure that the rotation will eventually be pared down, but the depth, the talent pool, the guys you're picking from uh, for that rotation, uh, man, it's a lot deeper than it was even last year and the year before and the year before that. And they were good those years. It's interesting. Like, you know, the uh, you touch on the quality level of this game, and it was just the players just didn't care whether or not it mattered and the wins and the loss. They just they were just out there playing basketball. Like it was street ball, but with coaches and with plays and with referees, and it was televised and everything. Um, you know, fan, the, the, I love that the place was sold out and it was all individual tickets. None of it was part of the season ticket package. And everybody bought into the same thing that I think the players came to the, to the, to the arena with the idea of. Let's have a great game. This is going to be a lot of fun. But in the fans' mindset, Chuck, to me it also felt like some of the intensity was uh, a pent-up desire for preseason hype to live up to its hype. Now, it's still preseason. You haven't played a, a regular season game yet. March is a long time away. But there, you know, there was hype leading into football, and it's been a, it's been a disappointment right now. And I, I kind of feel like maybe some of the atmosphere or the intensity of the crowd had to do with, you know, the fans, the, the hype is these guys look as good as everybody's talking like they are. Well, that may very well be part of it. Um, you know, I, th- I think people are excited about this team, and uh, they like it when other people are excited about them too, you know, not just within the borders of our state. Um, you know, I'm going to go back to something Matt brought up just a minute ago, and, and the quality of college basketball right now. You know, I'm, I'm not going to suggest that the transfer portal has evened the field like a lot of people suggest because I don't think it necessarily has. What I do think it's done is even the field – for the programs that are really good right now. You know, you don't see guys like L. Ellis and Tremont Mark. You don't see them leave the schools where they are performing well and go to a lesser school, so to speak. In other words, the teams that are outside the top 25, some of them may be getting a little bit better through the portal, but the teams that are in the top 15, they're really getting better through the portal. And that's what I see. Um, I see the teams that are hot right now. Their programs are on the upswing. Um, They've got it rolling a little bit, so to speak. I think the transfer portal is benefiting them in a major, major way. Now, it goes hand-in-hand with NIL. Those programs that are hot right now and doing well, I'm sure they got more money to spend than the others. But that's what I see in college basketball right now. The good programs have gotten better. Well, and Arkansas might be one of those programs. Oh, I think Arkansas well, is in that group. Yep. I do. I would, I'd want to go play for Muss. You know, if Musk called, you'd pick up your phone. Man, it's well, a reality yeah. of college sports right now. <clears throat> and and I think this also gets a little bit to the caller that spoke to Dabo Swinney yesterday. Didn't bring up the transfer portal or anything. You stand pat on the portal and stick you to behind. just, you know, like uh, how you think it ought to be. You're you're falling behind. You got to adjust and adapt. You're right. Muss is leading the charge in that case. There's he was no doing doubt. that at Nevada first before it was kind of even when players had to sit out a year. He was finding a way. But you don't have to add from the portal every single year, but you do need to add to it on on uh, on a on a piece by piece basis when you do. And I think the way the Hogs do it, man, roster churn, but it does lead to a ton of wins. 
The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more info. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. Yesterday, an odd day in college football. You had an offensive coordinator fired, but not until the end of the season. You had a head coach in Michigan deny the report of a rescinded contract extension. Can you imagine what this offseason would be like for Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines? Even in years where they're not being, or at least publicly not being investigated for this or that, there's always those rumors that Harbaugh is looking to uh, go back into the NFL or that he might have or might not have um, interviewed with somebody. Uh, but it feels to me, Matt, like if, um, if the desire is there for some team in the NFL that needs to turn things around that they could go out and get themselves Jim Harbaugh. And I think he might be available this offseason. It, it is going to be interesting, Phil. I think there's a lot of, lot of information still to come out uh, as far as, you know, you don't know what the AI stuff is you see. Like you've seen this, um, is his name Connor Williams? Whatever the, the guy's name is that was uh, still in the signs, you've seen him on sideline games of, of, other, of other teams. So the, 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 the thing they have to do, though, if Michigan wins the trophy this year, don't you think it's all that's it's all worth it, right? It, it only gets hot. It only gets weird. Let's say if they don't make the final four this year, you know something happens late in the year, uh, they get beat in the first round again. But if they win the trophy, I don't think any Mich- I think Michigan they'll just kind of whatever it. You know that they, they don't care. They just want to win. It's Steve Sarkeesian making his case for or Texas to be included in the college. Well, they you know they're going to be in the poll. Just a matter of where. I don't know what it is he's trying to say though that Alabama, the win over Alabama is the best win in college football this year. He probably is right about that. Well, okay. But what does it mean, though? I mean, what are you going to do for yourself when you still have a loss? And there are five other teams in power conferences that do not. You know, if you don't have a loss in a power conference, you are going to be ranked ahead of a team with one loss. Doesn't matter how that loss happened. Doesn't matter if you beat the San Francisco 49ers. Or something like that. I, I, you know, I. You can't lose to Kansas when there are three or four other teams that lose one game that have no losses right now. If we're talking about there's only one undefeated team and he's got to make his case for well, we've got the biggest win. Well, then it starts to make sense for me. So I don't know. And these, you know, these initial rankings, there are enough separator games in the next month, and that's not even counting the conference championship games where this stuff will all just sort of work itself out. At least, at least that's what it feels like to me. But I do agree with Sark about 
about uh, the thought that Texas has the best win in college football this year, not just over Alabama, but at Alabama. That was a good win, uh, but just just conversely, they have a, a really bad loss. Uh, um, you, you, when you lose to Oklahoma, then Oklahoma loses to, to to Kansas, so that's that's a bad loss. Oklahoma might lose again, so 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 it doesn't look as bad yet. Oklahoma went into your place and and whooped you pretty good. Uh, I think if Alabama and Texas played again now you play they match up in the final four somehow alabama rolls through texas texas has that running back number 24 absolute beast he he he's a stud but that they didn't know who they were yet alabama did not know who they were they got outplayed that game isn't texas quarterbacks hurt like you know is it kind of that kenyon martin thing where when Cincinnati was was undefeated, they lost one, like one or two games that year. They were going to be the number one overall seed, and then Kenyon Martin gets hurt. Well, it's like mm-hmm. you, you can still get a one seed, but you can't be the number one over. If your quarterback gets hurt at Texas, they're they, they're not in the Final Four. They, they they shouldn't be in the Final Four if if they don't have their quarterback. They're, they 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 wouldn't be a top four team. But then at that point, are you are you going at the idea that well we're talking about the better team and the better team is going to have their number one quarterback? That's or, what the committee's or when we're there going for. by polls. Is it about now for me, the, the, the selection committee, it's I don't think it's about, you know, who they think is the best team. For me, it's about who's had the best season. These are there's are diff, these are differences. The best team is, is to me is a lot about recruiting rankings or projections into the NFL. It's talent level. Um, what, they, what, what you should be ranking things off of. And like preseason rankings are off of talent, but you know how I look at it. It's like, well, let's look at the schedule that you're facing and go off of that, what you think the record will be when it's all said and done. That's the way for me that the committee should be looking at it. Not, you know, all things being equal, who's going to win on the field. It's no, who's had the better season. And that includes who you played, where you played them, what you beat them by, all of that. Uh, So whether or not they've got their, their, their number one quarterback in there or not, that doesn't matter to me. It would it would really would matter is like so. What do you do with the backup quarterback in there? If they're winning games with Malik Murphy, then they pro- then maybe they do belong there because they don't have their number one quarterback and they're still winning games. <clears throat> but that's I mean that's the kind of stuff that's going to come up. They're going to win every. They're going to beat Kansas State. They're going to beat TCU, Iowa State, and Texas Tech. That's who they have left. We we've already. Their, their schedule, they had two opponents this year, and they went one and one against them. They, they beat Alabama and lost to Oklahoma. That's, I mean, you, they, they're double-digit favorites in all these games. It's, it's ridiculous, really, when you, look at, when you look at their schedule. Let's take a call from Eduardo. Eduardo, it is great to hear from you this afternoon. What is going on in, I was going to say in Clarksville, but really what's going on in Eduardo's head today? Well, I'll tell you what, my spirits are uplifted after the winner in a basketball program the other night. Even though it was labeled an exhibition game, you know, I grew up what, rolling with basketball with Coach Nolan Richardson, Coach Eddie Sutton, and now we got Coach Muss. I can say this, you know, there's a recipe, you've heard me say it before, for everything in life. You know, there's a recipe for winning, there's a recipe for losing, and I can say this, boy, I'm so excited because, to me, what excitement. What an atmosphere at Bud Walton Arena the other night. i tell you what. I mean, just tremendous. I mean, our basketball program, gentlemen, and I grew up watching it, have beat some of the best teams ever assembled on the court. You talk about Michigan, Jalen Rose, Chris Weber, and the Fab Five. You talk about, woo, Akeem Olajuwon, Guy Lewis, and the Houston, five slam a gentleman. 
why we beat them. And you talk about Michael Jordan and the Tar Heels and the Prime Bluff Convention Center. We sent a packet. And you're talking about, whoa, I'm starting to, my spirits are lifted. I mean, I was really depressed after we lost to Mississippi State. I mean, I tell you what, I can't think of nothing more depressing than our football program right now. That's not the expectations of our program. And I tell you what, you got, let's say you got three or four days to get your mind right. Because you got to go to the swamp. And I tell you this, if you don't average 1.3 yards a carry, if you don't come to block, we will lose by four touchdowns. Or do you listen today? Because I don't know what's going on up there. No excuses for missing blocks. If Coach Pittman can't get it conveyed to you, well, let me convey it to you. Not only are you humiliating a program, you're humiliating yourselves. And that's better. You better expect better expectations of your performance on game day. So I heard Mike Lurie, and I wish I'd iterate on this. I don't know how the rest of the season's going to go. Well, I'll tell you this. It starts Saturday. And I'll tell you what, you better go out there and play with some kind of pride. And you represent not only this, you represent our university. You represent our fan base. And you better go come to play. No excuses for missing blocks. And you do it consistently. There's no excuses for not Are you simply sick. You go to Coach Pittman. Go to him today. If you're not going to go block, well, look, Eddie, look, here's part, here's part, here's part of this. Is if, there was a desire, if there was a lack of desire from the offensive players, um, and I don't think you can point to the entire season for that, but I do think you can point to the Mississippi State game. Uh, I think there's no doubt about that. Um, just not a lot of spirit, not a lot of excitement, not a lot of energy. And football, for me, is a sport that's all of those things rolled into one, especially on the offensive side, but you just didn't see it there. Eduardo, thank you for listening to our show, and I'll say this. Look, I mean, there aren't any more excuses for those who are wearing the uniform now because now you've made the change. You've made the drastic change on that side of the ball. The boss on the offensive side is no longer there. There isn't someone to point to um, if there is another game where you fail to get you know, 100 yards rushing or you finish with three points against a defense that isn't very good. You know, I mean, you can, you can, you can talk about the other coaches that are left behind in all of that and Coach Guyton and everything, but I don't know if that's, uh, if that's something that, uh, that, you'll be, that, that, that the, the others will be, will be willing to digest because we've, you know, they've, we've been through that one now for the last eight games, and that's my whole point of a reset. Now it's a different, now it's a different voice. Now it's somebody that theoretically... There's somebody to believe in. It's a total change. And now it's on them. Now it's on, and maybe it was to begin with, on the players to begin with. But now it really is on the players to begin with. Passion is something that exists in all of us. I know we got a lot of passionate Hog fans listening right now. And I know that all of you love football season. Dave Bushkill and his team over at Eastside Liquor are the exact same way. They can take care of all your tailgating and party needs. Whether it's just a few beers or alcohol in bulk, stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith to check off every item on your list. Eastside Liquor, your number one stop for Arkansas football this season. 
Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Alyssa Orange from Pig Trail Nation standing by. Alyssa, how you doing today? It's a, a little bit well. of a different Tuesday than I guess I was prepared for. Yeah, well, happy Halloween to everyone who celebrates. Uh, one of my favorites. Uh, and so I am all decked out uh, in my Halloween attire. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Not really. It's a little bit more of a uh, trick than a treat on this Tuesday. Yeah, pretty much. The rumors about Jersey Wolfenbarger transferring, I started hearing some of those yesterday, and now it comes out today that it is apparently true. Pig Trail Nation has broken the story. Uh, how'd you guys find out? So um, all the credit to, to Courtney Mims, as you guys are probably aware, or maybe not, um, has great connections in the basketball world. Her dad is the head coach at uh, D2 School, uh, Florida Tech in Florida, has been in the coaching world for a long, long time. And so she knows a lot of people in the industry had a coach reach out to her yesterday asking about Jersey Wolfenbarger in the portal. And that's when she kind of got the ball rolling on trying to figure out some of the um, storylines and, and what was actually happening. Um, got in touch with our Kevin McPherson, who has built a relationship with the Wolfenbargers. And between the two of them, were able to confirm that, yes, uh, she is no longer with the team. She intends to transfer um, and that uh, her name is in the portal. Now, I know there's a lot of confusion about the portal and, and kind of what that means. Um, there is a portal window where players can be recruited actively, go to a new team, uh, and then there are times where they can't. The portal never goes away. It doesn't disappear. It is always there. So if you are a coach right now and you were to open it up, you would see her name. But she can't be actively recruited. She can't actively go to a new school. It's closed, but it's always there. And I think that's kind of where you, where a little bit of the confusion is of like a portal. The portal's not open. Well, it's not open, but you can always put your name in it. And when it does open, then people can start actively recruiting you. And that, and that is where we are right now. Alyssa, is it amicable or, or was it cantankerous? Was, was, uh, was, did they leave on good terms, uh, uh, so to speak? Yeah, I'm still trying to learn a little bit more about that. Um, I haven't talked to Kevin directly. Courtney has, because uh, I know that he was able to uh, talk with some of Jersey Wolfenbarger's family members about what was going on today. They had a meeting with compliance today to officially make it a done deal, I, I guess, um, or, or finalize a few things. Um, but, you know, I, you would hope so. I know that um, I don't see Jersey being someone um, who would do this maliciously um, or try to throw anyone under the bus. So you would hope that it was just a mutual understanding between where she was and where she is in her game and in her life and, and what she wants to do and where this team is and with Mike Neighbors and this staff. So, I mean, she has always been complimentary on how they recruited in her, or recruited her, invested in her grew her game, helped her as much as they could um, put together really a 10-year plan for her. 
um, in the game of basketball. And, and so you would hope that it, it got to a point where there was just an understanding of, um, you know, separating uh, on, on friendly terms. Hmm. Interesting. Well, it's just that there's the story on men's and women's basketball is different going into the season. You know, I mean, yeah. it's not a matter of the expectations or anything because I think I think I think Mike's team's going to do well this year. Um, they're just not quite, uh, you know, in in most people's eyes at the same level as LSU, Carolina, Tennessee. Um, you know, I think I think that they can they can make their way up into that top four though if the right things happen. On the other side, on the must side, on the on the men's side, it's like the win over Purdue. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with what's going to happen once the season starts, but it does, it does make you think the hype is real. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think you're right on the women's team, Phil. I think that this is a team that's really talented, you know, without Jersey. And, and that's not a negative to her. I'm just saying there's a lot of talent on this team without her on it, and they can still have some success and play really well. We just haven't seen them play in an exhibition game and we haven't seen them really do anything. And um, so they're kind of still a question mark for all of us. Um, as for the men, what they did against Purdue, and you're right, not necessarily indicative of what's going to happen this year, but there is so much potential. It's the maturity level of this team. It's the unselfishness of this team that you're already seeing. It's the way they're already playing defense, which you hope will stick it's October. You hope it sticks in March. That that's really the basis for this team's success. And if they can keep that going, the chemistry, the unselfishness throughout the rest of the season. I mean this this could be a special team. Can I ask you a um, a men's basketball question? And and, and wanted to get mm-hmm. your thoughts after the game against Purdue. A lot of hype, uh, uh, buying in, and 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 what your thoughts are on 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 that game. And and did you see? Did anybody stand out? Maybe that was kind of under the radar to you going into that game. Um, I don't know. I don't know if anyone really you know stood out. Just really well. I'll, I take that back. Actually. Uh, impressed all the way around. I think L. Ellis continues to be very impressive. Tremont Mark. Um, but having Leighton Blocker, the freshman, come in there and play the way that he did, I think that surprised me, to answer your question, Matt. Like, watching him play, I was like, okay. Not that I didn't know he was talented, but he's mm-hmm. a freshman, and he's out there playing against Purdue, and I was just really impressed with the way that he played. Um, and so I think that jumped out to me the most. You've got Trevin Brazil, who's still coming along, but excited to see his game grow. Um, and then, you know, Devo Davis. And, and we know that during the regular season, when Musk puts together these, you know, super rosters that he does, that Devo kind of plays a, you know, secondary role until he's needed in the postseason or he's needed in big games. But that's who Devo is. And so, you know, you're going to have a lot of shiny players who are jumping out on the stat sheet but don't forget like Devo is still there and he is going to make his mark eventually on at some point when it matters the most for this Razorback team his name is going to be at the top and I'm excited to kind of see how that develops as well but really again as I mentioned just the maturity level of this team and it comes with the experience that they've brought in um, can be really 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 fun to watch if they continue to click the way that they did. Well, we'd like to see the Arkansas offense click a little bit going into the football, uh, the, the the last home stretch here of the football season. And, you know, there's all these questions. What is the offense going to look like under Kenny Guyton? I don't know. Um, I don't know if anybody really cares as long as there's some, you know, as long as, hey, you get the ball on your first drive, 
you get yourself a few first downs, you get into the opponent's half of the field, you score a touchdown when you're inside the yeah. 20. You know, I don't think anybody cares. If it looks mm-hmm. if it looks different than it's looked now, I think people will be happy about it. But yeah. you got to win. You got to win. I don't know what it's going to look like. You just <laughs> I expect something better just because I feel the players will have something <laughs> to believe in a little bit more. Yeah, score a touchdown and it'll be better than the last game. Honestly, you're absolutely right. And so I don't think any of us are going to be able to know. We haven't been able to be at practice at all this week. We haven't been able to see anything. Uh, But as long as they are playing as a unit again, you know, I think with no knock to Danny knows, because I I really do like Dan as a person. Um, You know, he treated us well while he was here his two times. Um, It just felt like the energy was sucked out of that offense. And it sounds like Kenny Guyton has given them a little bit of a renewed confidence and energy. And you hope that that is shown on the field where they're just playing with, with more fun. It got to a point where they didn't even look like they were having fun out there. And that's, you know, if you're not even having fun, what are you doing? What are you doing even playing the game? So you hope that you see that spark, and that spark is going to lead to success. But that's what I'm looking at. I don't care. I mean, I care what kind of plays they're calling because you want them to <laughs> call the right ones and be smart about the play calling. But I want to see the attitude, the body language. Are they having fun? Because I promise if they're having fun, if KJ feels like himself again, if we see Rocket Sanders out there again, having a good time, having success, that's going to lead to points, which can lead to wins, and who knows what's going to happen these last four weeks of the year. Yeah, speaking of Rocket Sanders, uh, do you think it's odd that he's coming back now, uh, or do you think it's just kind of his natural progression, and and what do you expect from him uh, against Florida? You know what? I, I... It might be a part of his natural progression, but honestly, if you want my honest opinion, I think that it's also a business decision, too. And maybe he felt like the way that things were going under Danino's, and this is this is my perspective, my opinion, right, mm-hmm. is maybe he felt like I can't find success here and I'm not going to risk my health on what's happening right now. And maybe he's got a different feeling. There's a different vibe around the locker room, whatever it may be, that he feels like if this is the year, if can these last four games up my draft stock enough or put myself in a really good position to have success, whatever it may be, he might just feel a little bit better with the offense right now to put his hat back in uh, on top of the fact that he might be feeling a little bit better. But I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of a business decision along with, um, health-wise, he might be feeling a little bit better um, in terms of where his knee is. And 100%, I think that uh, Raheem Sanders can play on Sundays. It's, it's, it mm-hmm. will be about his health uh, because he is he is super talented. So I, I'm with you. I, I hope he is healthy, and, and I hope he shows out and, and he does yeah. his thing, and, and he will get dra- If he's healthy, he's going to get drafted. Yeah. And, and I also think, too, if you think about it, he's never played a game in his home state. And you're about to play in your home state. That's a little bit of motivation, some motivation to play in front of friends and family who maybe haven't been able to come to any of your other games because you're just a couple hours up the road. I mean, there's a lot of motivation going into this weekend for him, uh, just from a personal standpoint. I mean, you know, there's a possibility his son might be able to come up here and see him play at 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 uh, in Gainesville. So there's a lot of personal reasons too for rocket sanders to want to try to get ready for this game hey before we let you go doesn't uh, the sec soccer tournament starts tonight won the regular season 
Let's go for this tournament. Let's get to the Final Four because that's kind of the one thing that the program has lacked right now. It is. You know, they've never won. a tur- They always are like, you know, never a bride, always a bridesmaid kind of thing with the NCAA, uh, with the SEC tournament. Uh, they always finish second. Um, but Colby Hill has talked about this roster and his rosters are never necessarily built for a, you know, six games in a row kind of tournament. Um, but you would love to see them win it finally, just to get that monkey off their back. This is a final four team. If they can keep these pieces together and they're exciting to watch, they just play with that fire. They get that from their head coach and they're aggressive and they're, they're loud and you know, they're, they're just a lot of fun Uh, and kind of scary to be honest. Uh, but you need that to win soccer games. So I wish them the best in Pensacola, but I know that if they don't win the SEC tournament, they've got their sights set on, like you said, going to Cary, North Carolina here in a couple of weeks. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. Your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Time to talk with Bill King from Nashville Sports Radio here on a Halloween. Bill, you're the master of the grill. Do you get anybody coming over for Halloween? Do you have a lot of Halloween candy? Would be the question. Yeah, my wife's into it. She buys quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. I got enough for uh, whoever's going to come by today. Um, yesterday was a very gotcha. interesting day in college football, and we didn't have a single game to talk about. Um, just, uh, you know, interesting radio shows <laughs> with legendary coaches, offensive coordinate, coordinators fired but still able to finish the season. Uh, we got another coach in Jim Harbaugh who's denying a contract extension was rescinded. Um, not your average Monday in college football yesterday. Yeah. I'm I'm used to it. Brian Ferentz needed to average about 35 points a game the rest of the way to get to the clause that said you got to average 25 for the season. By the way, you realize in that contract, special team scores and defensive scores count for the offense. He couldn't even get that done. <laughs> wow! But they're still a good team. Like this is the other aspect of yeah. this. They're still good. Like it's not fun to watch. Um, but they, they beat their opponents more often than not, uh, just not by scoring a ton of points. He is actually a good offensive line coach. 
I don't know if that's what he'll do, but I would hire him to do that. Nothing else, but he's good. He's good at that. Well, we've got Arkansas breaking in a, literally a brand-new offensive coordinator this week in Kenny Guyton, who's never been an OC before, and he's going to get a chance to call plays and see how it goes. Um, the going thought here, Bill, is that there's there's obvi- there's just automatically more buy-in from the players. It didn't look like there was against Mississippi State. They've cut 30% out of the offensive playbook, and hopefully, the, hopefully that means some positive momentum. But also, Bill, that's independent of who they're playing. Uh, Florida, look, defensively, I think they're an interesting team. They don't seem to make a lot of plays. They don't get to the quarterback. They don't cause a lot of turnovers. But at home, they can be difficult to score on. Yeah, I I think in general, they're very disappointed with the defense. The veterans are not leading. They got some young guys that are playing that you can be excited about the future. But Overall, I think the feeling at Florida is the defense is not where they thought it would be. Well, the offense uh, with Graham Mertz, they don't seem to make a lot of mistakes either. Like, he doesn't turn it over much. Uh, They don't put the ball on the ground much. Got a couple of good running backs. Um, Do you think Billy Napier is still the right coach for Florida two years in? We thought that maybe by this point, at this point this year, especially after the loss to Utah, that his job might be in jeopardy. And I think, you know, the win, win over Tennessee is going to help out, and they show they can win on the road by beating South Carolina. Is Napier the right coach for Florida? They're not going to do anything this year, but I do not think he survives. Their schedule next year is worse than this year's, which is brutal. It's, it's more difficult in 24. Now, they are bringing in a five-star Texas quarterback who's really good, who I think might get the ball close to day one. That'll be something to build on. But, no, I do not think Billy Napier survives beyond 24. I'd be surprised. Let's keep it in the the SEC, uh, Bill. Uh, You got number 13, LSU, at number eight, Alabama. And and Alabama's only favored by three. And I I know uh, you're a big-time Jalen Daniels guy. Uh, Do you think LSU, you know, has Alabama figured it out? I know know they know who they are, but could, could you see LSU going in there and handing Alabama a loss? Absolutely. That's You could argue the LSU offense at the moment is the best offense in America. They're balanced. They have a basketball. You you played at a very high level. They've got a point guard who can get you 30 and also can distribute 15 dimes. Mm -hmm. Right? He can do it either way. He can get you 30 if he needs to get you 30 on his own, or he can distribute however you want to do it. He does all of that. And let's just use the Tennessee game as an example. Tennessee's pretty explosive, but certainly not last like last year. Tennessee's up 20-7 to on Alabama. The problem is LSU's not going to stop scoring. Tennessee stopped scoring. LSU has probably the best receiving core in the league. They've got a very good running back who is a transfer from Notre Dame. He's a Louisiana kid. And, of course, they're, they've got a big-time quarterback. And they also have a very good offensive line with a bunch of young guys who are playing like they're veterans. Their defense, guys, is is not very good. And and this is going to get pointsy, but LSU could absolutely go in there and win a game with, with a lot of points. Also, the only loss this year for 
Alabama is Texas. And yesterday, Sark was talking that Texas has the best win in all of college football this year. And I'm hard-pressed to find a more impressive win than a win in Tuscaloosa for the Longhorns. But potentially, you know, maybe the way you're talking here, although they have two losses, I guess it would depend on what happens on the outcome of LSU-Alabama. Maybe Florida State win over LSU is a really well, impressive win, but that wasn't in somebody else's backyard, Matt. Yeah, if, if, if Ole Miss win this week, you, you'll have Ole Miss with one loss, Alabama with one loss, and LSU. Uh, but would, would Bill, would LSU control their own destiny as far as representing the West in the SEC championship game? Well, and you got to remember, yes, but not for the reasons you're looking for. Ole Miss has still got to go to Georgia. That's they've right. got they got significant work ahead of them, and uh, they're not going to win that game. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, that's not happening. I think LSU has a very good pathway, but so does Alabama the rest of the way. And and you got to remember, Ole Miss has never been in the SEC championship game. Never even been in the game. And and this is a good team, but I just don't see it happening. Which of the undefeated teams do you see losing first? Say that one more time. Which of the undefeated teams do you think will lose first? Is uh, the, the going thought, I believe, would be Washington because their defense has not been very good. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Georgia, Missouri, I don't think it'll happen this weekend, though I think Missouri yeah. will give them a good fight. Who do you think is susceptible that's undefeated? And I don't see Florida State losing. Probably UW. They've got some work to do, and they're probably going to rematch with Oregon, which, as of right now, I'm not sure I think they win that rematch. Probably UW. Well, I guess we'll find out sometime soon. We get the rankings tonight. Um, You worry too much about the first rankings? Because so often the games take care of themselves. And I think that's what's going to happen in the next month. Do you worry too much about tonight? Really good trivia question. First school to ever be ranked number one in the playoff era. Well, we know that Mississippi one. State. Yeah, we got yeah. into that recently. Do you know the first team to be ranked number one in the, in the first ever BCS poll? Which would have been 98. Let me think about 98. Florida? Was UCLA. Okay, UCLA. Oh, I wouldn't have got that. Yeah, I should have, but I wouldn't have gotten that. I know. Well, that was a trivia question we did on the show a couple of weeks ago, and one person got that one right. It took the, it wow. took them five minutes to Google it properly because it took me a long time to find that answer. Yeah, I think my guess was Peyton Manning if he had just left and T. Martin was taking over, but I think I was a I was a year right. off. Hey, hey, Bill. What what's going on in Clemson with Dabo? They they got a matchup coming against Notre Dame. If they lose this game, is the sky falling there? Is Dabo going to be all right? Have y'all played that audio clip? From oh the yeah, I mean, couldn't play all six minutes, but we played some of it. Yes. Tyler from Spartanburg got all in his grill. Um, guys, I mean, it's a repeat. They're not particularly good at quarterback. Hey, Klubnik, I would say at the moment's been a disappointment in his year to start. They don't have dudes at wide receiver. Their offensive line's a problem. They're average at running back. And they're pretty salty on defense, but they don't have all those special players that we're used to them having. And Dabo won't get into the transfer portal. It's just a personnel issue. Well, and the other thing is they have not replaced the coordinators that they lost a few years ago with like wise 
type coaches. So they've got a myriad of issues. And Notre Dame is a better team than Clemson. They could go in there. Now, Clemson may play their best game and win that ball game, but, but Notre Dame's a better team. Notre Dame's a very physical team that can absolutely bully you. Hey, uh, last thing, we'll let you go on uh, St. Nick's 72nd birthday. That's today. Interesting yep. that um, one of the scarier head coaches in college football history, along with maybe being the best, was born on Halloween. Um, how much longer do you think Saban's going to coach? He does not look – I mean, I think a lot of us look younger than we, than we think we are now because I don't know what it is. You know, 50 years old looks different now than it did 30 years ago, but maybe that's just because of my age. Saban doesn't look 72. He had a knack 72. He's got the energy of somebody that's 20 years younger than him. I feel like this guy could coach forever. I go with him five-year increments, and I would not be shocked that he's there five-plus years. What we don't know is what if they hit a bad stretch and he just gets tired of it. I don't know that he's going to try and just hang on like Bowden and Paterno did. I don't know if he'd do that. You never know, but if things stay the way they are and he's able to take this group and get out of this group what he's been able to, I don't know why he would leave. He's, he doesn't have a hobby. He doesn't want to go play golf every day. He doesn't want to lay on the beach and drink umbrella drinks. This is his hobby. I think he sticks around as long as A, health, and B, some kind of bad fortune. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.